This is Susan Wheelbanks with BlendedInsight.com. I am an energy healer, an intuitive, and an integrative slash holistic wellness practitioner. In this podcast, I share tips, tools, and strategies that have helped me along my journey, and hopefully some of these things can help you along yours. Let's get started. Hello, bright soul. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you are doing well wherever you are in the world. I'm feeling pretty renewed and excited because June is upon us and it's almost summertime and I am so looking forward to milder temperatures and being able to leave my house without a jacket. (laughs) I have just had a really tough winter here in Colorado. It's been really cold and we didn't really have a spring. We got another big snowstorm last week and it's just been really tough. So I am just so thankful for the changes in seasons and I'm looking forward to summer. So for today's podcast, I want to talk about something that I've really struggled with my entire life. And chances are, if you're a codependent, or you are an empath, or you just weren't taught, you also struggle with this area. And it is boundaries and emotional limits. I wanted to dedicate a whole podcast to this because it's really layered. It's not so cut and dry and simple. And so I'm hoping that this podcast will help you to get the tools and the tips that have helped me. And of course, we'll do an energy healing at the end. So I first wanted to start off by saying a boundary is just a limit. For me, growing up in a codependent household with a mother who is an alcoholic and two older twin brothers that roughhoused me and beat me up, I didn't know what a limit was. And I know that this pattern started really young in me because I really had no sense of self-esteem or self-worth. I had that dysfunctional sibling relationship with my older brothers where they used, they roughhoused me. They used me as a punching bag. They bullied me, beat me up. And I was left alone with them a lot, which is super common in sibling relationships. And on one hand, you can laugh about it. But on the other hand, I mean, I'm a mother. If someone treated my daughter like that, children or not, I'm going after you. (laughs) I would not, I would not let them do that because I know the damage it does. It's not right. But I know my mother was beat up by her brothers. And for her, it was, okay, well, that's just normal. And in many households, it is. But for someone that comes in with a mission of healing others, it's a little bit hard to learn how to speak up for yourself when you're constantly being belittled and put down and beat up. So that's where it started with me. And my brothers, you know, they're not here anymore. They both transitioned. And I've shared that before. Um, One died at the age of 22, the other at 32. And I love my brothers. They didn't know any better. They were just, you know, they had that sibling dysfunction where you maybe you're a little jealous or yeah, you're a girl, but I'm a boy and I'm just going to beat you up. And I mean, it created a tremendous amount of anger inside me. And gosh, I used to go to elementary school and, and fight people because that's all I knew is how to physically fight people. So in some ways I can say maybe it helped me with surviving, but there's such better ways to do that. And I really didn't put two and two together until, I don't know, years into my healing path where I'm like, hmm, okay, so I basically had a codependent household in many ways. And so I never learned. I didn't learn self-worth, self-esteem, limits, or boundaries. But I'm going to share with you what really helped me to shift this so that if you relate to any of that, you can also shift it in yourself. 
Boundaries and emotional limits are particularly important because they help us honor ourselves and teach others how to honor us and treat us. And if you're a codependent or an empathic person, chances are you can lose yourself or you have lost yourself in other people because you relate to their needs so deeply. And what's really important for you to know is that self-care is not selfish. It's necessary. Boundaries are not selfish. Selfish behavior is different than healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries help us to function properly. It helps you to give from your overflow. And the thing with lack of boundaries is that it will cause you to get physically ill. And I've experienced that too, because you wear yourself out on a physical, energetic, and emotional level. And if you've noticed, a lot of caretakers have massive health problems because they are overgiving and it is not healthy. So the very first thing that we do when we're setting emotional limits and boundaries is you have to give the people in your life permission not to like it. They won't like it. You have co-authored a certain pattern with these people in your life. And when you decide to change it, it doesn't mean that they've also agreed to change it. So they aren't going to like it at first. So you have to already know that. And I know for myself, I don't like confrontation and chaos. I've gotten better with it, but I was an extreme avoider of confrontation for most of my life. So I would just continue to do things to avoid the conflict. But in the end, it isn't healthy for anyone because that's not right. (laughs) Nothing's going to change if I just never want to confront something that needs to be confronted. So you have to give the other person permission not to like it. Also, just because you wouldn't do something to someone else because you consider that a violation of a boundary doesn't mean that that person is ever going to realize that they are violating a boundary if you don't tell them. I remember just sitting because I'm very logical. So I would sit and think like, could that person really think that's okay? Can't that person see how out of balance the scales are here? And no, the person couldn't because it's my responsibility to give a voice to what I consider to be right and wrong. And it's my responsibility to stand up for myself as an adult. So if I don't give voice to what I consider to be okay with me, how in the world can I expect anyone else to figure it out? That that's just not the way it works. So Don't expect for someone else to just suddenly figure it out. You have to actually give your thoughts and your feelings a voice and say what it is that you want and what you feel would honor you. And eye rolls and passive aggressive behavior doesn't help or it doesn't work. (laughs) Because I've done that too, where I'm just stewing inside, but I hold it in because I don't want to rock the boat. And in the end, does it matter to them? No, because I'm still getting done whatever it is that I didn't feel like I should do or they're getting away with it and I'm the one stuck with my own resentment and upset. So in the end, does it really make that much of a difference for that person? No. And so passive aggressive behavior is it doesn't work. It just does not work. And I know it's a learned behavior. And so you can unlearn it too. So here is how you can tell in yourself when you really need to set an emotional limit or a boundary. Basically, a healthy emotional limit is the sweet spot between guilt and resentment. So if you're not doing enough, you'll feel guilty. And if you're doing too much, you'll feel resentment. And the reason why I love that is because emotional limits and boundaries are different for everyone. You may be okay doing all the household responsibilities. You may be okay doing all the shopping, or you may feel like it needs to be split. It's totally individual. And so you have to really be aware of how you're feeling inside. I had shared before, I got in a relationship with someone who was very emotionally needy, and I found myself in resentment almost all the time. 
I was doing all of the shopping, cooking, cleaning, taking care of my daughter. And then in my free time, I found myself sitting down being a career counselor to this person. And it was just, he was a taker. And you know what? It was my fault because I was holding all this stuff inside, trying to fulfill that abnormal, patriarchal woman uh, societal pressure that we have where women need to be the perfect mother and stay thin and fit and cook healthy meals and do all the cleaning and also do all the shopping and work full time and be a nurturing ear. Stop it. (laughs) We have this societal pressure that is absolutely absurd and it's for sure from the patriarchal perspective. And so I have just decided I am no longer going to participate in that and we have to shift it. But at the end of the day, it wasn't his fault. He had those old fashioned views and I allowed him to get away with it because I didn't want to rock the boat. Again, like I said, he was like very emotionally needy. So his energy would drain me and bulldoze me. And I didn't have the voice or the language or the tools to actually speak up and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. You need to split this down the middle. I understand you're not feeling well. Because that was the other thing. He was like a very sickly person. So I, if I had to just stood up for myself and said, I get that you're sick, but you're making me sick. And so I can't do this anymore. I didn't do it. So it was on me. And what I love about how the universe orchestrates these things is that I had thought that I was at a place in my life where I was really good with boundaries. And then and I was I had gotten much better than what I was when I was growing up. But there's levels of truth and levels of healing that we experience. So there's no need to get frustrated with yourself when you're presented with another opportunity to heal and to go to the next level. The way I saw it was like, I mastered elementary boundaries, and then I mastered middle school boundaries, and then I mastered high school boundaries, and then I got into a bachelor program for boundaries, and I thought I'm good. I healed it. I am awesome, ready to go. And then all of a sudden I find myself in a PhD boundary program (laughs) where I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't going to work. And so I wouldn't be talking to you about this right now if I hadn't experienced this. So I'm grateful for it because it showed me areas in myself that I still need to heal. And I can't blame him. I didn't speak up for myself. Now, when I did speak up for myself, now that's when things started to get real. (laughs) And I'll share that too. So I like to use myself as an example because it basically illustrates to you how I applied this in my life to help to inspire you and give you ideas. And also to let you know that I'm not just throwing some stuff out here. I've lived it. I mean, and there's been countless examples, but I'm just using this one as the most recent. So in this particular situation, I'm an energy healer. So I was doing countless healings on this person. I had other people working on this person and I was using all my energetic tools. So when he would come around, I would cross my arms and legs to prevent him from courting my solar plexus. I would imagine sending beautiful healing energy to him while he was, you know, talking about things that he wasn't willing to change. And, and that was my frustration with him because I'm very much a compassionate listener. And I get that comment a lot about how even if I'm not in a, a session with someone like in a professional setting, just day to day, where I'm a compassionate listener. And it's because I am empathic, but I get frustrated with people that just want to dump on me and never want to make a change. I can't do that because my energy is so precious and I only have so much of it to go around. And he was one of those types of people that literally complained about the same problem for years and years and years and would never, ever change it. And when I would give suggestions, he would shoot him down because he wasn't ready to change. He just wanted to suck me dry and he didn't realize it energetically. 
So I would send healing while he was talking to protect myself. Um, I was cleaning the cord between the two of us. Everything that I would ever do in a private session that I do with my clients when they call and, and book a session with me, I was doing it for him in addition to having other colleagues of mine work on him and me. So I was doing everything on an energetic level. But the thing that was missing is I wasn't giving a voice. I wasn't setting a physical boundary. And as I always say, spirituality must be carried out in practicality. And that's something I learned from a pastor many years ago. And it's so resonated because it's true. I want to be a presence on this earth. I want to be connected spiritually. I want to help people heal and grow. I want to be a channel. And I also want to do physical things. I'm in this body to experience life on earth. And so the way I see it is you got to do the energy healing part and meditate that comes first and then everything else starts to flow. But you know, there's physical lessons that we also have to learn. And me speaking up for myself was one of them. And I think the universe was like, okay, you've learned all these energy healing modalities. You've established a practice. You're doing your meditation. You're connected. You're hearing all of that. Good job. But I got another one for you, sister. <laughs> I think that it's like, okay, you got all that down. Now it's time to up level you. You have to learn how to speak up for yourself. And what better way than to learn to speak up for yourself with someone who you've co-authored this situation with that was incredibly toxic. Years down, I mean, it had been years in this toxic setup where I was being drained and my health was beginning to suffer. And it was starting to overflow to my daughter because she could feel my energy. We're connected. And I was drained, but I was still getting everything done. You know, if someone just looked from the outside and they weren't empathic or spiritually connected, they would say, oh, you've got a really good setup. But they didn't know on the inside I was dying. So here's what I did. First of all, I did my best to deepen my spiritual practice so that I felt nice and grounded in my body. And I started saying no. So when I was asked, could you do this or could you do that? I would check in with myself. And if I felt that indicator, do I feel guilty or do I feel resentful? And when it was tilted to the resentment side, I would, because I did never feel guilty because I was overgiving. Um, but maybe in this some situations you are feeling guilty and you need to give a little bit more. I was in constant resentment. So I would just say no. And I started taking things off my plate. I'm not going to cook that dinner. I'm not going to go to that event. I'm not going to listen to this conversation for the 400th time. I have things to do, so I'm sorry I can't listen. I can give you 15 minutes and that's it. I started setting those limits and he didn't like it at all. But remember what I said, you have to give the other person permission not to like it because if you continue to bend over and and try to please them, you will end up in this, this same predicament and you are the person that suffers. And I will tell you, he got upset and then, and his family was upset. They were all upset and I was better. <laughs> I started getting much, much better because I started getting my power back. And, you know, here's the thing. When you start to set boundaries, everyone doesn't need to be in your life. And I know that that's hard because we cling to situations and we end up not speaking our truth because we have a fear of being alone or not. We have a fear of not being valued or we have a fear of losing people or and, and I get all that. That's part of a codependent empathic trait. It's also part of just being a human. We want to be loved, valued, accepted. So I understand. But at the end of the day, do you want quality people in your life that respect your boundaries and that make you feel better when you're around them? Or do you want to be with people that drain your energy and make you feel depleted? 
That's another thing to really recognize in yourself who makes you feel better and who makes you feel worse. You have to be really clear on that. And that's an individual choice. It's an individual um, decision. It's an individual indicator that you have to decide for yourself. So here's what you do. You just begin to check in with yourself. Do I feel resentful or do I feel guilty? Or am I right in the sweet spot in the middle? And when you're right in the sweet spot in the middle, you're in the right place. But when you start to feel resentful, this is the time to speak up. Hey, I can't do that right now. Or maybe you have a hard time saying no, give yourself some space around it. So if someone's trying to get you to commit to something that you don't want to commit to, just say, you know what, I need to check a few things. Let me get back to you. Create some space. So that way you are not automatically saying yes, yes, yes to everything. It isn't healthy and it has to stop. And in our society, you know, we have this whole unrealistic image of what a good mother would be, where you have to give to your give to your absolute depletion to your whole family in order to be considered a good woman. I'm okay to not be considered a good woman. <laughs> and I'm okay if someone thinks that I'm not the best version of whatever it is that they have in their mind, because that is their perception and their filter. I am a fantastic mother to my daughter. And I am a really good person. And I am a great woman. And I don't need to be everything to everyone in order for someone else to recognize that if that person doesn't recognize it, then they're not meant to be in my inner circle. I don't have to care what everybody thinks. I care what some people think. But I don't really care what strangers or people from my past that are no longer in my life think about me. <laughs> because at the end of the day, we are no longer a match. So of course, you're not going to think all that positively about me because we aren't in a vibrational alignment. So I wanted to share that too, to help you to understand that the right people will value and respect you. And those are the people you want in your inner circle. Okay, so let me try to recap this without going down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> All right, so here's what you're going to do. Check in with yourself. Am I in resentment or guilt? Find the sweet spot in the middle. Second thing, don't climb into other people's energy when they are expecting you to fix a problem or wanting to pull you in somehow. You can feel it because you're intuitive. So when someone's trying to get you to do something you don't want to do, you can observe what they're going through or what they're trying to do and then disconnect from it. Don't let them suck you in. That's actually really easy to do. And if someone is trying to basically like get you to be a counselor to them and, you know, at the end of your day when you have 30 minutes left and they're wanting you to help them because this is so common with women and also empathic people or healers or just nice service oriented people. You'll, you'll have those in your life that come to you for everything and you just kind of smile and observe it. And whenever they're asking your opinion, just say, you know, I'm exhausted and I'm not in that space right now. I'm going to pray for you, though. I'm adding you to my prayer list. I will send you lots of good energy and prayers and, and, I, and really do that. I actually really do that for people whenever I tell them I'm going to do it. And that way I'm not climbing inside it and taking it on as my own and I'm empowering them that, hey, you're connected to universal life, life force energy just like me. You have a higher power just like I do and you can connect and get your own answers. That actually empowers them and it breaks that, that cycle of feeling like you have to fix everything for everyone because you don't. Commit to self-care and be okay with it. Let other people be upset with you taking time for yourself. I got really good at this too. And in that particular relationship, I started doing things that I wanted to do. And in that particular relationship, it was this really dysfunctional thing where 
if I wanted to do something, um, this person wanted me to include everyone and his family and him and nobody's schedules would ever mesh up. So then I wouldn't end up doing what I wanted to do because I'm trying to coordinate and bend over backwards and wait on everyone else. No, I'm not doing that anymore. I quit doing it. So I'm like, this is the day that I'm going. If you can go cool, if your family can go cool, but if you can't, we'll just have to do it another time when we're all together, but I'm still going to do it this time. And he didn't like it. (laughs) And his family didn't like it. But you know who did like it? I liked it. (laughs) And I started to feel better and more empowered. And that's the way it should be. That's actually a healthy approach. Because when you are the one that's doing all the compromising, which was the case in this particular relationship, and you're the one doing all the sacrificing, and I see this in couples who've been together a long time where they, there'll be a certain person in the relationship that never does what they want to do. And they're, they're resentful and bitter inside because they never get to do what they want to do because the other person doesn't like it or the schedules don't mesh up. That's no way to live. And there's no reason that it has to be that way. If you're capable of doing what you'd like to do, go do it. If the other person can't go along, that's fine. They don't need to go do what you like to do. But it's absolutely absurd that we put off little things. And I'm not, these weren't even big things. These were little things like I'd like to go to this restaurant for lunch. Why in the world can I not as an adult go to a restaurant to go have lunch by myself if I choose to? Why do I have to wait around for someone who maybe doesn't even want to go or for all the family to go? I don't need to do that. It's not logical. And I feel like we have a really distorted image of what a healthy relationship should be and what boundaries should be. And I've learned a ton from Dr. Mario Martinez and the mind body code. I've shared that before I have his book linked on my Amazon page, but I've been studying his work for uh, maybe four years now. And it just makes logical sense to me. And it's really a healthy approach. And you know, he's a psychologist, he studied these patterns of behavior in people and how it affects the health and how we have to break out of this. And so if you're listening to this, you're probably a person on the leading edge who does things differently than the masses. And I'm also that person. So I'm okay for it to start with me. And most importantly, I would like to teach it to my daughter because I really want to create a new generation of healthy people with boundaries and limits who love to give and learn and grow and who don't have to just develop into a bitter, miserable person. Because at the end of the day, it's our choice. So This is why I feel like this whole podcast is very empowering. It's your choice to give your thoughts and feelings a voice and give others permission not to like it. So what you can do is release what is not yours at the end of the day and remind yourself that you're giving others the opportunity to grow. Ground yourself through grounding techniques to replenish your energy. Go outside in nature. It's a healing process. You're unlearning a pattern that has caused you a tremendous amount of discomfort bitterness, resentment, exhaustion, fatigue, possibly health problems, you were worth it to heal this in yourself. And it's okay for you to give your feelings a voice. It's okay to do that. And I want you to know that boundaries are always for your highest good. Any loss you experience as the result of setting a boundary is not a true loss. Because in the end, you're going to gain strength, respect, you're going to get your energy back, your power back. And you'll send out the vibrational signal that you're worthy. And the root of this is feeling unworthy, feeling like you have to take the short end of the stick, feeling like other people won't like you if you stand up for yourself. It's an old wound that must be stopped and healed. 
do the energetic techniques, do the inner work, but also give your boundaries and your emotional limits a voice. It's a work in progress. I'm still doing it. I'm still working on it. But the major uh, leakage in my life has been alleviated when I started to stand up for myself against this person, gave them permission not to like it. And the more I did it, the happier I became. And the more I did it, the stronger I became. So I can tell you it's worth it and it works and you are worth it. So with that said, let's go into a healing to help you embody this in yourself. So uncross your arms and legs and just receive the energy. I'm gonna be doing some shields, but first I'm filling you with beautiful healing energy to strengthen your will center and your personal power. Cutting cords, you might hear me spraying over here. Running some shields now. Okay, and so it is. Okay, I really hope that that helped you. I hope there's something in this podcast that resonated with you, something you can take forward to help you to set your emotional limits and your boundaries and be a happier, healthier, more fulfilled version of yourself. Also, please like and subscribe this podcast. Leave me a review. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Get on my newsletter. Go to my website, blendedinsight.com. And right on the front page, you will see where you can sign up for my newsletter. You will get lots of nice free tips and reminders from me through that outlet. And I just want to thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for connecting with me. And thank you for listening to this. I'm sending you all my love. Have an amazing day and week. Bye-bye. Take care.